And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. It's Friday and Gary, good morning after the, uh, what did we call it, all over the place Thursday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might have a little more of that this morning. There was so much going on on Thursday. I mean, we've we've got whistleblowers. We've got. Uh, I don't uh, know, Gary. Are they whistleblowers? That back and forth, by the way, was just bizarre. It was bizarre. It, and and I got I, I thought, okay, this is going to be their tactic, right? Well, you're not a whistleblower. That doesn't constitute. I'm sorry, but I mean, you can say whatever you want, but you're not a. It's. I mean, it's it dumb. is bizarre. But you, you know, I was talking to a friend uh, yesterday. And I said, do you remember? And we've talked about it on the air before. Uh, and maybe I can find a clip later on. Uh, the um, Martin Short character, the the lawyer <laughs> yeah, on SNL. Yeah. Is it me? Uh, is, it, is, it, is it me? I the mean, cigarette and, executive, yeah. And I actually went, the cigarette executive, remember, he also defended uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the company that makes... Uh, 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 you know, fraudulent whoopee cushions. Remember <laughs> that <right>. one? <laughs> and they had <laughs> who was it who was playing uh who was playing Mike Wallace? Harry Shearer. Harry Shearer. And he just does a great Mike yeah. Wallace and 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 uh Martin Short with a cigarette. You know, is is it me? And he just the <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, Democrats are becoming him. Yeah, and seriously, that's who they're. No, that's, be- that, that's exactly who that, they are. That, that's who they're becoming. And and you know when I when I really thought about it was last night. And this is after we played uh, the uh, uh, Democratic representative out of Texas mm-hmm. that was like so arrogant, you know, about uh, well, uh, you know, the, how, what's a woman? A, a woman is a woman. What, what do you mean? I, what, what do you mean? I, uh, <laughs> you know, it was yeah. just, and it was that, that's what set me off. And I said, my God, the Democrats are becoming, I think it was Nathan Thurm. It was the name of the lawyer, the character mm-hmm. on, on SNL. And, and it was like, uh, you know, when, when, uh, well, a woman is a, a woman is a woman. Well, h- how do I know if a woman is a woman? If they tell me, come on, I mean, what do you mean? 
All right, so you don't believe if a woman tells you a woman, you, you don't believe that, or you don't believe if a person tells you, come on, as as if, I mean, gaslighting to the extent that everybody, trying to make the point that everybody knows, it's obvious that what defines a woman is what a human being says they are, yeah. not the biology, and it's so such a standard and well-known thing. What do you do? I mean, and it's that type of gaslighting that the Democrats are now into and the whistleblower thing. And we'll play some of the audio of that coming up here in just a, a little bit. The, uh, the, the, the gaslighting out of, well, I'm a lawyer too. Well, it doesn't matter whether you're a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. It's what the definition, and a whistleblower is somebody who comes forward. Right. And then they had, you know, they had the expert on whistleblowers who was mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. The one, the one, and and it was just like, it was, no, they're a whistleblower. You don't get to define a whistleblower. Right. The law defines a whistleblower. And, here's, and so they're trying to get caught up in not letting them. I mean, they were able to testify. And when you heard the stuff that, you know, they claim that the FBI is, is, uh, is doing, it's exactly the opposite of what the FBI should be. And we all know that the FBI is tainted. We well, all, I mean, the, the Durham report showed where the FBI is going. And it's a simple concept. It's a simple concept when you get to be, and some of the stuff was on January sixth, mm-hmm. you know, and and so right. and and when you when they went through that, they just said, look, there was wrongdoing, mm-hmm. but the FBI was saying, if you're there, we can investigate you, right? But that's not how things are done. And when I was having a conversation with a couple of people on this yesterday, I said, look, I know how. To, I've never served in law enforcement one day. Mm-hmm. I've never taken a law enforcement course, mm-hmm. and I understand, and do, so does everybody else. How you're supposed to act? You take politics out of it. You simply say, "Was there a crime committed here?" And right. then, and then, and then you look and you say, "Okay, uh, you know, is there any type of evidence that this person did it?" Okay, so you have a riot that happened. All right, we have these people on film that are doing something. All right, let's take anybody who was at at this uh, rally where there were, you know, tens of thousands of people. And we can investigate any of them just because they were there mm-hmm. because some broke the law. And and the F, these FBI agents are saying, no, you can't do that. That's not how it works. Right. I there mean, ne- there needs to be a predicate. I mean, technically, ne- AOC was inside the building. Right. And it's like, you know, you, you need to have a predicate in order to do it. And you don't have one. And it's totally legit stuff. And the Democrats don't want it to be heard. They don't want it to be heard. Because it's damaging. Well, so yeah, that's, they, that's so, what I got from it yesterday is that, you know, they were uh, on the border hearings. They just, OK, well, we just won't show up. Yeah. Right. And then try and deem them illegitimate. Well, we didn't get an invite. And then the second time, well, our GPS messed up. I don't know what the, I can't even remember what the second excuse was. But then I thought yesterday while I was watching and, and listening to all of this back and forth, I thought, OK, this is the new tactic. You just make the whole, you just disqualify the whistleblower, discredit right. the witness. By the way, in my mind, and I think somebody said it, I don't know which lawmaker, I wasn't in front of the TV when they said it. I believe they said something to the effect of, uh, well, this is part of retaliation. If oversight is treating the witness this way. Yeah. This is why you have that protection. I'm not sure if they made that point, but it's in my mind was going through my mind over and over again because the word retaliation is just repeating in my mind. And if I'm the lawyer for uh, that witness, that whistleblower, I'm going through there. And and that's where it becomes especially dangerous. Well, because if 
if I don't know and I'm a lawyer, what are the questions? Am I If I don't know who's right in an issue and these people are claiming they're a whistleblower, do I immediately attack them? Right. Without knowing. With, without, without looking without into knowing, it. Or do I ask questions first? And that's a great point that the assumption of a whistleblower guilt from a member of Congress and the whistleblower law comes from Congress, mm-hmm. is that intimidation of a whistleblower? No, I think I think this right. is this is retaliation because it is intimidation. It is trying to discount them and it is a gaslighting of them. You must be crazy if you think this is qualifies as whistleblower status. Well that is exactly why we have whistleblower programs for this right here. They're, the left is demonstrating, and this is the only way you can approach it. Really, the only two ways they could have approached it is to ask those questions, and then if you believe more and more that the person isn't qualified as a whistleblower, which, by the way, is ridiculous. But if you believe they're not a uh, solid witness, you try and the left was going to try and discredit them. By the way, what did any of those com- committee members on the left have to do with the incidents in terms of what was being testified, what the whistleblower was claiming, and everything else. You know, there. Uh, it, it, you mentioned January sixth, but there were other items that were on the table. Oh yeah, the cat, cat, uh, Catholics pro life. Mm-hmm. I mean, the yeah. um, and uh, what was the the uh, the school board meetings they brought school board up? Meetings, yep. Um, and and all those other things, but they jump out, and and really, it was their only game. It was it, it destroyed the witness. Or do what they did with the the, um, uh, the 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 border hearings and just not show up. And of course, you know it was always going to be about destroying the witness. And this is going to be the play because what they know here is if we have all of the whistleblowers that are in play right now, and it seems like we have a whole room full of them. If all of that comes to the surface. And there is a whistleblower that has information again on you know, and which is different, the, a different situation, but has the quid pro quo evidence on Joe Biden. They know it's over. The Democrats know it's over. So what do you? I mean, they have to attack or just not show up at all. Well, and and look, it's it's legitimate to ask the 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 questions. You claim this. The FBI says this. Mm-hmm. And then ask the, I mean, that's legitimate right. from both sides. And, yep. and so that's actually a legit discussion mm-hmm. uh, to have. And they said, well, no, that's not what happened. Right. And so what they're saying is, no, the FBI isn't telling you the truth. That's at why this I'm point, which is forward. Which is why we came forward to begin with. So, right. of course, there's going to be a difference in what they're going to try to protect, you know, uh, themselves. And, th- and that's fine and dandy. But that's why, uh, you know, uh, Jim Jordan started out the the entire thing going through these whistleblowers and their history, their history mm-hmm. in law enforcement, the military. I mean, just everything that they did in their lives. And then it was got to be, and I didn't see this back and forth, and I haven't been able to find it yet. I just I just popped into my mind now because there was so much going on, on on all the whistleblowers yesterday and so much news. But there was one, and I caught it. I went to it right after they were saying, you just questioned the patriotism of one of the whistleblowers. 
And then Jordan went through. He goes, tell tell us what you've done in your life. You know, two tours of, you know, whatever. I mean, uh, was I can't remember if it was Iraq or Afghanistan, whatever, and went through all the awards and everything. He goes, that's my history uh, in law enforcement. And they make, here's the case that they all make, which is extremely compelling. We've lost everything because of this. Mm-hmm. We've lost everything. And now we've lost our anonymity because we're, We've come forward here. And mm-hmm. so we've lost everything. There is no advantage to doing what we did except the fact that we want the truth to come out. We spelled that out with, uh, I, I, I think, pretty much all of them along the way that as we were learning about these whistleblowers, you, you asked the first question. Okay, what's the motivation? The motivation is is not there. Because there's going to be political retaliation, and we saw that demonstrated yesterday. Um, and they're going to, I mean, honestly, you, you can't stay there when you come forward as a whistleblower, you can't stay there. Now, the idea is to protect them, protect their job if they wish to stay there, but really long-term you can't stay there because you've been outed as the whistleblower and everybody's looking at you and you don't know who might be treating you differently and you're not going to get full protection. The effort is to get official protection to the extent that you can make things known, in this case to the American people, that a wrongdoing or or number of wrongdoings has occurred without the fear of something happening to you, uh, including retaliation. And and it's a way to expose a very non-transparent federal government for wrongdoings, and that's yeah. why whistleblowers are so important. Remember, right. when wi- every one of those witnesses had to swear under oath. Yes, yeah, that's another. You know, th- so yeah, we, I think every, we touched on this right, along every, the way. Every, every a whistleblower, if you come forward, you can't lie. If you, can't you lie, lie, and it's a, a lie, you know you you can go to you can be prosecuted and go to 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 prison. That's also part of the whistleblower. And if you're uh, lying to the IG, that's punishable right. as well. Exactly. So they can't, you know, if they lie, so what's the motivation for the whistleblowers is the question that you have to ask. Right. To tell a lie to uh I don't know, further their career somewhere else? Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. It does on the left. Peter Strzok, <laughs> Andrew McCabe, yeah, no, they get jobs at CNN or wherever. But it doesn't work that way normally. For a whistleblower, they weren't whistleblowers. It doesn't work that way when you're, uh, when well, you step, think about this. You know, McCabe didn't, and, and Strzok didn't really separate themselves from the pack. They were separated. <laughs> they were let go. Yeah. Well, the, but, the but whistleblowers as, came right. forward. Right. But as a whistleblower, again, when you start the process, you, when you start the process, you're not doing it to get a book because you have no idea where it's going to end. And that's where and, I was going. When, you, this, when you, you step right, you forward, may, you, you may step be, forward right. on your own. Yeah. You're looking to get the protection. You're not. You're not being fired and then retaliate because this was the. By the way, this this was also part of it on, from the left yesterday. Some of the Democratic uh, uh, committee members were insinuating, and I think one of them actually said or, or made the point that. Uh, you are, you know, this is a, um, and I forgot where I was going. Um, the, well, but, but the problem is, is that you're, you're, you're stepping forward. You're not, oh, oh, that they were that disgruntled. They were just disgruntled employees. 
Had they been fired and then they came back months later and said, hey, okay, well, then you've got at least the, the foundation for making that case, right? You could say that about, well, McCabe and Strzok or anybody that's been fired that comes back later. You can say, well, they're just a disgruntled employee. But that's okay. Because no, 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 that's fine. It's fine to be a disgruntled as long employee. As, the, as it, long it, as the claim stands right that's withstands that kind of scrutiny right i'd say yeah i'm a disgruntled employee because what they're doing i believe is against the mission and against the law and against the policy of the fbi yep 86690 red eye logging miles during the hot summer months can put a serious strain on you and your truck's health did you know pollutants and allergens in the air outside can enter your cab through the hvac system without you even cracking a window that's why it's important to check those cabin air filters Inhaling dirty and polluted air can cause distress if you suffer from allergies or a respiratory illness. Not to mention the distraction dirty cabin air filters can cause by blocking proper airflow to your AC system when you need it most. Breathe easy when the air in your cab is fresh. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. You know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Run our radio. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley. Coming up, uh, DeSantis will be in next week. The report that Chris Christie will be in next week. <laughs> My favorite story by far is the whole <laughs> uh, blank show on the Democratic primary that the Democrats are facing right now. And that's where in New Hampshire. They actually have a law that it doesn't matter whether, and they're run by 
The legislature is run by Republicans. So <laughs> there's a law that their primary must be a week before anyone else's. And so the first primary will for Biden will be New Hampshire and not South Carolina. And so it's like he's not in it. He's not he's not in the the primary right now in the New yeah. Hampshire primary. Right. And it's like if he gets, you know, and and they're they're uh, afraid that if he gets into the New Hampshire one, he'll lose. And so there's now the the uh, speculation what does biden do does he just forfeit and not participate in that or does he get involved in the whole thing that they talked about south carolina being first doesn't come to fruition <laughs> i'm sorry maybe nobody else found that funny i found that hilarious well because <laughs> i i have to wonder if well do we even know who's Running the campaign right now? I was gonna I was gonna say if you're running the campaign, but who's running the campaign? The Biden campaign. Well, I don't know, but the heavyweight came in for Robert Kennedy Jr. Oh. oh I think Jenner. she's gonna do great, right? Williamson? No, no, no. Hmm. I'm talking about for Robert Kennedy. Mm-hmm. The the uh his campaign manager, Dennis Kucinich. Dennis Kucinich, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. They were in the same article they were talking about, yeah. and I knew you were talking about Kennedy. Yeah. Um, they were talking about uh, Marianne Williamson, you know, and they were talking about, you know, the, the backlash on the Democratic Party and the fact that there's not going to be uh, any primaries. And then Fox News made the point, well, traditionally the party that controls the White House, the incumbent party, does not have primary elections actually they do trump had primary elections in 2020 and in our state i you know i don't know the the rules of all the states i don't have them in front of me but no you can primary against the sitting president Mm -hmm. we've seen it happen before Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Let's get right to it uh, here just to give you a, a, a sample of the FBI whistleblowers testifying before the House weaponization of the uh, federal government. And this is uh, Congressman Matt Gates asking the whistleblowers a couple of questions. Oh. August 20, August 2nd, 2022, a media organization attained a copy of a document which whistleblowers subsequently authenticated to the committee that is styled the FBI's Domestic Terrorism Symbols Guide on Militia Violent Extremists. Mr. Boyle, are you generally familiar with that guide? Yes. And, and that guide identified certain things that made people more likely to be deemed a threat or terrorists, didn't it? Yes. And wasn't one of those things just the number two and the letter A next to each other? 
Yes, it was. And in your experience as a law enforcement official, does putting the word two and or the letter two and a next to each other make someone more likely to be violent or lawbreaking? No. And uh, if someone signified the right that they support the right to bear arms, was that also something in the symbol guide? Yes. And how about this one really got me. The Betsy Ross flag. Was the Betsy Ross flag in the terrorism symbol guide? It was. And, and what about the Betsy Ross flag makes someone more <laughs> likely to be a violent extremist? I wish there was a reasonable explanation for that question. There isn't. And people blew the whistle and said, this stuff is crazy. Americans are being targeted. Mr. Friend, you ever been to a school board meeting? Yes, I have. FBI ever sent you to the parking lot of a school board meeting? Yes, they have. And in the parking lot of a school board meeting where the FBI sent you, you were taking down information regarding people's license plates. That's correct. Now, it wasn't the first time you'd been to a school board meeting, was it? No, I went on my own as a private citizen. As a parent? Yes. And so there you were. It must have been quite an interesting perspective. There you were taking down the information of people, parents attending school board meetings on behest of the FBI, and you had been one of those parents at a school board meeting. How did that feel? Well, after I attended privately, my colleagues teased me that they were probably going to start investigating me. You used to go after the worst of the worst, didn't you? Yes, I believe so. You went after people who looked at child porn? Yes. People who were sexually exploiting children? Yes. And then you were in the parking lot of a school board meeting, taking down the information of parents. What happened to the cases that you were working to to protect our communities from the worst predators that exist? I was told they were not to be resourced, uh, and then uh, after I was suspended, uh, they were handed off to local law enforcement. Wow. So the FBI just decided it was more important to have you in that parking lot of that school board meeting than getting the worst of the worst away from people that they could harm. That's correct. But you deserve the consequences you are getting, according to the ranking member. Mr. O'Boyle, what, the ranking member said that when people break the law, they deserve the consequences they get. And it doesn't matter that they served in the military. So what law did you break? before the FBI packed up all your stuff and moved it across the country to Virginia? No true law. The only thing I broke was not towing the line for the FBI. Like I said when I opened, my oath is to the Constitution, not to the FBI. And our laws provide you avenues to talk to Congress, to talk to your supervisors about those concerns, right? Correct. And so you didn't deviate from that, did you? No. You didn't, you didn't go to the media first, did you? No. You used what the law provided, and your family has paid an exquisite price for that, haven't they? They have. How old were your children when they moved you across the country? <clears throat> Six, five, three, and two weeks. A two-week-old baby. Could you get your stuff? Six weeks later. Oh, so for six weeks... Almost every possession to your name, the FBI had and wouldn't give back to you. How, how did you, what, what time of year was it? Was it winter, summer? When I reported, it was in September. Uh, so when we were traveling, it was summertime, essentially. So we had basically summer clothes, but then we were uh, basically stranded uh, in Wisconsin, which is where we're from. It gets cold there pretty, pretty quick. And yeah, I'll take your word for it. I'm a fool. So there you go. Uh, just uh, just a little sample uh, of it uh, um, uh, yesterday. Not a good look for the Democrats at all. 
No, it isn't. Not and it's look. not a good look for management at FBI. And we have said this repeatedly that because we we started asking the question immediately when these stories started coming out. What do the rank and file agents who have to do the work think about all this? Yeah. We've well, now we know, at least in a couple of cases. And there have to be more. Now, here's the thing is that these former agents, these agents decided that they were going to have to give it all up in order to make sure we all knew about it. They could have kept quiet. And others did. And it's not that you blame the other ones because the question, the balance is, is, all right, do I give up my career? And, And let the American people know what's going on. I don't. I couldn't do this for a living. I couldn't go to a school board meeting and take down the and 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 make a, a list of all of the license plates there, knowing right. exactly where that's going. Uh, un- unless you had evidence or something that would predicate a criminal, a federal criminal act. But that wasn't what was that, going on. And that's, what, and exactly. that's why I couldn't right. do it. There's no way. And they, they, these agents knew that this was an all-out attack on the parents who were speaking up. But this also goes after the these whistleblowers are also uh, uh, directly um, uh, saying the opposite of what the Department of Justice. Well, we never looked at people that went to school board meetings as domestic terrorists. Then why were you there? Why are you at a school board meeting? Why is the FBI taking license plate numbers at a school board meeting? What federal crimes did these people commit? Right. I mean, it's scary when you think about it. It's scary that the federal government resources are being used like this. And thank goodness there are FBI agents out there who said, this can't continue. It may destroy my entire career it may destroy my life it may you know the uh, my reputation will be attacked i will lose anonymity threats are coming my way and the only thing i'm trying to do, i've always tried to do is enforce the law and it's just you know it, you know you and i we've spent a lot of time talking about you know conspiracy versus the culture the culture of rot that exists in the FBI and the Department of Justice today. It's not gone. It's still there, especially in the management of the FBI. And it's not the way that the FBI is supposed to work. It's not the way any law enforcement organization is supposed to work. And it's downright scary when you think about, you know, here's this FBI agent, you know, sitting there going, what the hell am I doing in the parking lot of a school board meeting taking license plates numbers of people not suspected of committing any federal crime? What is the purpose of being there? Yeah, this is, again... I have no doubt that other agents have the same concern. They're just, you know, looking at it again at, as the balance as the, as the question whether or not they can give up their career in order to become a whistleblower. 
Well, you had three. That's there. why. That's you why had... you don't have. You know, in any given case, you don't have usually, and I've never heard of like you know dozens of whistleblowers coming forward in a case. Maybe there is a case, and I don't know about it. But it's usually only a few, if not just one. It's it's uh, a tough thing in life, especially when, especially when you when you think about it, because. If you're an FBI agent, and remember, I can't think of the woman who uh, testified, you know, who quit the FBI and testified. uh, And, uh, you know, she said, and it's true, you just that it's a passion. It's Mm -hmm. just not another job. Right. You go there for highly moral reasons. Yeah. And it has to be a shock, especially when you're a veteran agent and you've served and all of a sudden you feel that the mission statement of the FBI is no longer to enforce the law, but to become a political arm of a particular party. I have a family member, and I watched it. I watched that dream of, he had two dreams, believe it or not, not ever living in New York City, wanted to work for NYPD, which he did for a number of years, and work for the FBI, which he does now. I've watched that. You know, that young mind, for so many years, that was the one goal. That was the thing. That's what he wanted to do. He knew he was going to have to serve somewhere like New York and then work toward getting a job at the FBI. He was able to do that. And I can't imagine about, look, you're going to be disenchanted uh, a number of ways. You're going to learn things about humans that is that will really, I mean, just, it'll build some calluses on you. And that alone sometimes will have people, you know, redirecting themselves and saying, okay, well, this wasn't for me after all. That does happen. But to have it happen, have your dream, the job you believe in, because for many of them, it is a calling, squashed by this kind of behavior. When you think of when Gates was asking him and telling him, you know, the the symbols that the FBI looks at for suspected terrorists. And one is if, you know, 2A, which means Second Amendment, Mm -hmm. or if you're promoting the right to bear arms, that that is an indication that you're much, you know, that you're more likely to be a terrorist. If you're pro-life, that's an indication that you're more likely, you know, to be a, a terrorist. But again, the entire thing of uh, of when you look at federal law enforcement, when you look at Biden, for example, just to throw this out, where he was saying, you know, that white supremacy is the biggest terrorist threat that we face. Mm-hmm. Uh, appar- uh, uh, apparently, uh, climate change activists aren't. Or, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Greta's I mean, on the phone. You know, the, but that's a you know that's a that's that's a complete lie. I mean, it's a complete lie, and so they're making everything is being driven by politics in federal law enforcement, and if you're a true law enforcement professional, that has to be one of the most repulsive, disgusting things that you could possibly imagine. Well, because, you know, when you're doing that job, you're not doing it for the pay. And you look at all of the danger that is attached to doing that type of job. It has to be a calling. You have to mm-hmm. really want to do that job to do it well. 
and then to have people use you as one of the pawns to get their agenda done. Wow. Think about this. If you believe in the Constitution, there are people in the FBI, that management of the FBI, that view you as more likely to be a terrorist if you believe in the Constitution. Yeah. 86690-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Red Eye Radio. Uh, he's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, more on the uh, the whistleblowers. Really interesting. Three counties now in New York. Three counties in western New York. More conservative counties have said, do not send migrants here. If any hotel books migrants, uh, you know, for New York City, being paid for New York City, mm-hmm. $2,000 fine per migrant. These wow. counties are now going after saying wow. you're not going to, you're not going to put them here. And then you had the Chicago mayor come out and say, uh, "It's just, I, I don't, I don't have the exact words, but he's furious, absolutely mm-hmm. furious at the 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 state of Texas, just livid." Well, that the the state of Texas is, and it's like well, you're not angry at Biden for creating this entire thing. Right. Really amazing. Texas isn't bringing them in from other countries. No. That's being done by the Biden administration. And this is going to be uh, progressively worse next summer as the mayor of Chicago is hosting the Uh, DNC. It's wicked, (laughs) unconscionable for Texas to send border crossers to sanctuary cities. Uh You guys wanted that. I know. So now DeSantis and Abbott and even the mayor of El Paso. Have Democrats saying, I think we need to undo the sanctuary policy. (laughs) Think about that. This really has resulted in, I mean, Adams went to to a judge in New York City. Yeah. Undo the sanctuary policy, please. (laughs) Wow. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, Michael Schellenberger wrote a piece yesterday, Why the FBI and Democrats are Attacking Whistleblowers. Now, for people who don't know who Michael Schellenberger is, he's a liberal. He's mm-hmm. a liberal Democrat. He was part 
of the uh, Twitter Twitter files. Mm-hmm. Went in and looked at uh, Twitter and said, you know, and he's so he's been attacked by the left uh, because he was one of those, along with Matt Taibbi and others, uh, who went through the records. As I said, Elon Musk didn't tell us anything except go through the records and, you know, you tell us what you find. And that's where, uh, you know, he found before Musk took over Twitter, uh, you know, what they were attempting to do to censor. And that became the Twitter files. So he was immediately attacked. But as he has talked about before, he is a liberal Democrat. He is also, just so you know, a liberal Democrat who believes in climate change, but believes that what everyone is, what the left is doing to stop climate change is completely and totally wrong. Which I love that unique perspective. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, it's and right. the same as he's the same as Bjorn uh, Lumberg. There, he is also uh, uh, part of the organization that's trying to clean up places like Portland, Oregon, and San Francisco. And as a liberal, is furious about how Democrats are enabling the homeless with drug activities, just so you know where he stands on a variety of different issues out there. Uh, So he's a liberal, not a Republican, Mm -hmm. not a Trump supporter. Why the FBI and Democrats are attacking whistleblowers. Just a couple of paragraphs here. The FBI whistleblowers who testified before Congress today are not actually whistleblowers, say the FBI and Democrats. Rather, they are disloyal Americans who undermined investigations into the January 6, 2021 riot at the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., said uh, Delegate Stacey uh, Plaskett from the Virgin Islands, who is the ranking member, I believe, there uh, for the Democrats. My Republican colleagues have brought in these former agents, men who lost their security clearances because they were a threat to our national security. That's what the Democrats are claiming here yeah. with these whistleblowers. Yeah. The ranking member of the House Weaponization Subcommittee, who out of malice or ignorance or both have put partisan agenda above the oath, they swore to serve the country. That is a quote. As Michael Schellenberger, a Democrat, says, but there is no evidence that any of the FBI whistleblowers are or were ever a threat to national security. One of them, Marcus Allen, won two medals fighting in Iraq and Kuwait. Another, Garrett O'Boyle, served in the Army in Iraq, worked as a police officer, and graduated with honors in criminology and law. Democrats pointed out that the FBI had revoked the security clearances of two whistleblowers, Allen and Steve Friend, earlier this month. That news came in a letter that Christopher uh, Dunham, an acting assistant director of the FBI, sent to the House Judiciary Committee two nights ago. The FBI claims Allen expressed sympathy for persons and organizations that advocate, threaten, or use force of violence or use any other illegal or unconstitutional means in an effort to prevent the federal government personnel from performing their official duties. That's a quote. But neither the FBI nor the Democrats presented any evidence that Allen, Friend, or any of the FBI whistleblowers who testified, uh, participated, or even sympathized with the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol building. Quote, I was not in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. I played no part in the events of January 6th, 
and I condemn all criminal activity that occurred, said Allen. Others suggested the FBI agents were exaggerating. You all have employment grievances, said Representative Gerald Connolly. By the way, he's a piece of work. Uh, That doesn't make you whistleblowers. We're listening to sad tales of certain individuals, said Representative Debbie Wasserman Schultz. These individuals have uh, have been determined not to be whistleblowers. But the FBI agents testifying followed the legally required whistleblower protocols within the FBI, and they are not fringe agents. Allen, for example, was a 2019 Employee of the Year for the Charlotte Field Office. Friend, a special agent for the FBI for eight and a half years, O'Boyle and Allen all said that they made protective whistleblower disclosures and yet were retaliated against by the FBI. Allen was suspended without pay in January of 2022. O'Boyle was transferred to a new unit, moved his family across the country, and then was placed on an unpaid suspension the first day he arrived. For decades, the FBI was caught spying on Martin Luther King Jr. and abusing its powers for political ends. Democrats emphasized strong constraints on domestic spying and the importance of whistleblowers. Now Democrats are savaging these former public servants as threats to national security. Why is that? There you go. That's Michael Schellenberger yesterday. Well, look, uh, you know, the Democrats, if, if you look at, at this approach, I mean, the only thing you can do is destroy, try and destroy the witness, right? Yep. You you come out and, but you don't even give them a chance. This is something that the Democrats have, are, have been known for. Uh, they walk out of committee uh, hearings, they, or not show up at all when it comes to the recent border hearings. And in this case, just try and write it off. Oh, well, you're not a whistleblower. You're not a whistleblower. This isn't a whistleblower. This is I don't know why we're here. Everybody knows it's not a whistleblower. Yeah. <laughs> is it me? <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's, <laughs> this is their behavior. Nathan Thurm. Exactly. Yeah. Is it me? Is it me? What, 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 do you, what? what do you mean? What are you talking about? It's, yeah. Everybody knows smoking <laughs> is good for you. <laughs> Martin Short portraying a tobacco company executive in a very funny bit classic comedy i mean that's who the democrats have become they no, become nascent therm it is well of course we can of course we have to fight for the right to to have children go through genital mutilation surgery everybody knows it's health care you know, i i started thinking yesterday because I, I was in a discussion with a couple of uh of uh of uh, of people uh, yesterday, people that I I know, and we just we got into conversations, and I was saying, you know, it's really incredible, and this is partly off of what we were talking about, you know, last night about the Democrats and how insane what they promote are, and the liberal transgender activist movement is an example. And as we've always said, if they actually believe that, if they're actually trying to sell you that a biological man can be a biological female and therefore should be able to compete against a female, that is pure insanity. And everybody yeah. listening knows that. Yeah. You know, and it's got nothing to do with what's in a person's mind, the dysphoria, you know, the, the uh, gender dysphoria, as the medical professionals look at, you know, uh, transgenderism as. 
Nobody is, uh, I don't know what's in somebody's mind. I'm not judging them. I have a great deal of compassion for any particular demographic that is suffering with whatever the dysphoria, however medically you wish to put it, that has a suicide rate of 25%. Mm. Excuse me, an attempted suicide rate of 25%. And that's from the Democrats that support and the... the uh, uh, the uh, gender professors across the country, spe- specifically the Berkeley professor who testified testified numerous times before Congress and says that's why you have to lie uh, about the whole transgender movement because if you don't, those people may commit suicide and that blood is on your hands, which of course is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But, th- I mean, that's that's what they're trying to sell the American public. The American public, you know it. If you're a Democrat listening right now, you know that is insane. Mm-hmm. That's completely insane. And I started thinking, and we started talking yesterday how everything across the board is that way. When you think about it, they're promoting delusional ideas as legitimate and then going, well, what do you mean? I mean? This is a way of, of course it is. You can, and, and we played the Democratic representative in Texas uh, who was asked, you know, what is a woman? Well, a woman is a woman. Well, what do you mean? You can't define something by using the same word. What is a woman? And right. he goes, well, if a woman tells me she's a woman, uh, then I believe her. She's a woman. You don't? He's <laughs> like, yeah. Like, what? I mean, of course that's the way it works. So a person tells you what they are, and that's what they are. Come on. I mean, what do you, what do you, and totally. I sold that, I sold him the bourbon because the nine-year-old told me he was 21. Right. I mean, but it was like, and. This is just normal way of thinking. Don't you know that? And uh, totally what Nathan Thurm did, the character on Saturday Night Live. Uh, but I started thinking, could you imagine if the Republicans came out? Because I was trying to think of an analogy of the insanity of the Democrats right now. And I said, it's almost like if the Republicans came out and said, look, gravity doesn't exist. Yeah. Gravity does not exist. Come on. Gravity doesn't exist. Can you see gravity? Can you prove gravity? Well, yeah. If you jump off, uh, if 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 you 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 know if, if you jump off the cliff, you'll fall down and k- kill yourself. That's gravity. You don't know that. You don't know. Have that. you ever done that? No. How, then how can planes fly? You're still alive. How can planes fly? Well, because you're talking about uh, an airplane wing where the high pressure uh, is developed beneath it. So uh, clouds which creates just the, float. To create the lip. <laughs> See, Is that what you're exactly, telling me? Exactly. So clouds uh, just float. Right. Go, go. When, when I'm starting to make the point on the legitimate scientific point on a plane, go right to clouds. <laughs> and but it's almost as if, all right, so kids, get all the kids and start have them get all the lemmings over here, and kids start jumping over the cliff. Just flap your your arms harder. Well, this this new non. Gravity can't say anti gravity. Would it be anti gravity, right? I think it would be anti gravity. No, no, trans gravity. Trans gravity. Right. This new anti gravity movement, we could just call it care for children. Exactly. Right. If we can right. do that with genital mutilation, then we can do that with anything, right? I mean, we're just calling it care. But it's just, and across the board, it's pure insanity. Up is down, left is right. You know, nothing, nothing makes sense. Nothing has a definition. They just say there's, they just say there's nothing there. And this is another example. You know, well, nothing's in the Durham report. Well, there's a hell of a lot in the Durham report. Sure there yeah. is. 
There's a hell of a lot, uh, you know, uh, uh, in in there. Mm-hmm. When one political campaign sets up another political campaign, and everybody knows what that political campaign is doing in law enforcement, and enables that for a period of three years, knowing. The law, the law enforcement, the opposition party, law enforcement, knowing what the intent was of the Hillary Clinton campaign to set up the Trump campaign, and law enforcement goes along with it for three years, you got a big problem. And all that relates to everything that we saw with the whistleblowers yesterday. It all relates oh, to yeah. The, yeah. the filthy rot inside of the FBI management, the FBI management and the Department of Justice management. And and you also know that the I mean you also can tell now from yesterday uh, that the Democrats' new play is going to be as dis- be as disruptive as you can be during the process during the hearings. Yeah, exactly on whistleblower stuff because yep. they know where this is going. This isn't the only whistleblower, and they know there's you know that the the Republicans are going to want to bring all of those whistleblowers forward. Eventually, and they know what's coming. So start this approach now. Set the room on fire. Pull the fire alarm and everybody out. They want the FBI to be their political oh, arm. Absolutely. That's what. That's what. When you saw yesterday, whether it's Washerman Schultz or Plaskett or Goldman, whatever, they want the FBI yep. to be their political arm. Yeah. They believe the FBI being their political arm makes them stronger. Right. 86690 red eye. Leased owner operators should be aware of four common revenue myths, lest you fall into the trap of mistaking revenue for profit. Myth one, concentrate on increasing revenue because costs will take care of themselves. This is not true, as costs are fundamental to the profit equation and the area where owners exert the most control to improve. Myth two, more revenue per mile is the answer to all problems. Though carrier pay packages differ in structure, revenue per mile really doesn't change much from company to company. But there can be a big difference in miles, overall gross revenue, reimbursements, and fees. Myth 3. All you have to do to be successful is run a lot of miles. In reality, revenue is only half of the profit equation. Costs are the other half. It's possible to generate a lot of revenue, yet spend a dollar ten to make every dollar. Myth 4. You can tell how well you're doing by the size of your settlement check. The settlement check is only a part of the success picture. Miles driven, loads hauled, conditions, mechanical problems, time off, and especially costs all have to be considered. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Just quickly, I, I did go back into the archives here and found some Nathan Thurm here from SNL <laughs> to show you that the Democrats are becoming that Martin Short character on SNL. Mm-hmm. And this goes back, I don't know, this has got to go back to the mid-80s, right? At least? Yeah, to I the think 80s. so. I think it was in, uh, yeah. right about then, yeah. And and uh, this, is on, uh, this is on cigarette smoking, and 
he's the lawyer for the cigarette companies. Mm-hmm. All right, and so he's being asked, and and there's a whole there was a whole you know uh, beginning of this where they talked about cigarettes and the problem, and then they bring him out as a guest. I'm just mm-hmm. going to do the part where they bring him out as a guest. Yeah, it's and, a mock up of 60 minutes. Yes. Well, no, this one isn't. Oh, this, this, this one is this one. Okay. Isn't. This isn't the Mike Wallace one. Okay. Yeah. So here, but here we go. This is like just the I don't even know who the guy who's in the newscaster for SNL at the time. I don't even recognize him. <laughs> so it was in that time period. <laughs> yeah, right. But here we go. All right. Mr. Thurm, we appreciate your willingness to talk with us tonight. What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, simply that we want to thank you for taking time out from your schedule. Why wouldn't I be able to take time out from my schedule? It's so interesting that you think I wouldn't be able to take time out from my schedule. As if the tobacco industry's case was so weak that defending it took up all my time. It's so funny that you would think that. It's so funny. Well, Mr. Thurm, (laughs) if I may begin, the links between cigarette smoking and cancer and heart disease are are well established. Are they? I don't don't know that they are. Well, Mr. Thurm, scientific research has shown that to be the case. No, it hasn't. (laughs) Well, with respect, I'm afraid that it has. That's your opinion. And I can show you equal numbers of studies that prove that smoking can be beneficial for you. You can? Yes. Well, could you name them? Why should I name them? Why don't you name them? (laughs) Well, how could I name them? I've never heard of these studies. I know that. (laughs) Well, if if I may continue... You don't think I know that? It's so funny that you don't think I know that. Why wouldn't you think I know that? Is it me or is it him? I don't know. (laughs) The ultimate virtue signaling. I know that. We all know that. And, uh, and the funny thing is the ashes on, he's smoking, pretending he's smoking a cigarette. And this, the ashes are getting longer and longer and longer yeah. on the cigarette that he's smoking. But he was, he did a bunch of them. That, I mean, the whoopee cushion one with Mike Wallace was just hilarious. <laughs> I mean, that was some of the best. <laughs> about the defective whoopee cushions. Yeah. <laughs> about the non-licensed manufacturers. That is something right out of the brain of, and I don't know how much of he he wrote, if any, but that's the the whoopee cushion one is right directly out of the brain of Martin Short. Yeah, I mean it's. But I mean that's Martin what. Short. And I started thinking that last night after we played that Democratic representative from Texas who was like, Busey, well, yeah, a, a woman is a woman. I mean, yeah. if a woman well, says, if a person says they're a woman, then they're a woman. I, I mean, believe her. Duh, why don't you don't believe him? Well, why not? Her. I believe him. I believe her. Like that. That was. And I'm like, my God, they've come. They've actually come to the point yep. where the Democratic Party argues like Nathan Thurm. Right. Yeah. Can't you see that's a woman? Yeah. <laughs> Just by her saying so? Right. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. The Bonus Show. Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Let's talk more about whistleblowers with Dan in California. Dan, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Hi, Dan. 
Gentlemen, good morning. Um, the more I listen to this conversation, the more angry I'm becoming, and the reason why is twofold. One, um, these brave people, these brave men from the FBI, they're whistleblowers and, and uh, re- relaying what happened to them. If they're saying that their higher-ups are threatening their livelihoods and their jobs, the, the obvious question, the follow-up question from Jim Jordan and the Republicans is, who? I want names. I want to know who these people are. I want these people brought before this committee to say, why did you do this? And the reason, the second reason is because back in the day, back in the Obama years, I was part of the Tea Party conservative groups that were harassed like you can't believe, especially by the IRS. Our computers were hacked into. We were looked at by every agency you can possibly think of. That was, oh, God, 10, 11 years ago, maybe longer. The lowest waiting for justice. Right. The lowest learner. Uh situation with the irs going after conservative uh groups well i'll tell you this i'm not sure uh uh, when the whistleblowers come forward what the process is of getting other people yeah of of getting other people to testify Mm. i don't know if because uh we know i don't know about these whistleblowers but other whistleblowers eventually uh the uh the inspector general is the one that starts an investigation on it. Correct, Eric? Uh, Yes, Uh, it it can go to the direct supervisor. But if they believe the whistleblower and and we're led to believe from the stories, in fact, I think in all the cases that they're concerned about the behavior of the supervisors, then it goes directly to the IG. And then the IG uh, has the discretion as to whether or not approach Congress the IG can go to Congress. I don't know about oversight and what oversight can get from the IG, except for a, maybe a report down the road. I don't know if they can. I don't know what uh, subpoena but power they have. I, I'm I'm sure in the the whistleblower statement that the management has been identified. Yeah. Now yeah, maybe yeah. not publicly, but. I'm assuming that Jim Jordan knows who it is or the inspector because or the inspector if this inspector general yeah. is involved in it of the Department yeah. of Justice, which would be Horowitz, right? Uh, yeah, still I believe it's Michael it's, Horowitz. I think it's still Horowitz. Yeah. Right. And and so uh, if he's doing an investigation, they know because they're going through the you know, they're, they're going through the statement. Right. You know, my boss told me this. But now when it comes to. Uh, putting out their names. I don't know if there's anything that's limiting Jordan from doing it. I don't believe there would be to ask that question, who is this person, then answering that question. To get them to testify, mm. you know that's going to be a pretty long process. Because the, the, yeah. Yeah, the FBI is going to say, the FBI is going to say, well, this is a personnel matter, and we don't discuss personnel. Even if they came forward, this is a personnel matter, and we don't discuss personnel matters. Ideally, you would want a an IG report on this. You would want the entire process to have played out and the IG to have taken whatever measures uh, possible than the follow through with oversight and all that in order to get the, you know, the, 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 the entire package as a whole and then have hearings on that problem is is that the ig report could take a long time there really is i don't know of any time limit 
that an IG would have in order uh, it, it, on issuing a report in a case like this? Because it's different than the IG taking on their own investigation internally. Um, it is in part that, but the idea here in the whistleblower protection process is that you're protecting that whistleblower at every step. And so you're looking into the claims of somebody else. And so the IG is kind of doing the work basically assigned by those claims, those allegations that uh, from the whistleblower. You know, so the process could take, I don't know how long. Because it depends, I think it depends on how far you go back. And the IG, uh, the IG only has access to uh, people in the FBI. Uh, people that are right. currently still there. And so if anybody, if any, in terms of interviewing them, if anybody uh, steps down or leaves the FBI before the IG is done, that will change things. But I, look, I'm with a caller. I, I, I think uh, what Dan said, I mean, I, I share in that frustration and that growing anger. This can't happen. If you're on the left, this you don't want this to happen under any administration. But the problem is, is that the Democratic Party and the operatives and the activists on the left have helped to build the mentality in the rank and file, in the minds of the rank and file, that yes, this is how we behave. This is what we do. You win at any cost. And if conservatives are showing up to school board meetings, we're going to stomp it out. It's a threat to our agenda. And that's who they are. So they built out this mentality of, nope, we own it and we'll come after you. And they tried to use that mentality in part yesterday during the hearings. We're going to stomp this out. This isn't whistleblower. Everybody knows it's not a whistleblower. Nothing to see here. Durham report. There's no Durham report. Dur- John Durham. Who's that? Who's Durham? No, there's no. What report? I don't even know what you're talking about. This is exactly where they, we make the joke about Martin Short's character, but it's absolutely true. There's no Durham report. Instead of going through it, you know, you have the liberal activists in the media going through and then basically just writing the headline. There's nothing here. That's the headline. Well, there's nothing here. Nothing here. There's nothing here. I expect to see that from Chuck Todd this weekend. Well, yeah, but there's nothing here. There's nothing here. There's nothing here. There's nothing. Go through the report bit by bit and tear it down. Counter the claims, allegations, or timeline events that Durham spells out in his report. Go ahead. Because there are plenty of people, by the way, on the left that won't even do that because they know they can't. They know those things actually happen. They know the actual truth. If you've got any questions, 
you know, you can start by asking Jake Tapper over at CNN. I know not everybody at CNN sees it for what it is, but at least he acknowledged it. From what I get here, the uh, inspector general is required uh, to investigate. No matter how the whistleblower comes forward, um, they are supposed to, especially now that, you know, the retaliation has been claimed. Yeah, no, they are uh, that, required right, to be a part because, of it either way. Because yeah, the FBI yeah, yeah. whistleblower retaliation finding is appropriate when there are reasonable grounds to believe that an FBI employee or an employee of any other department component has taken or uh, threatened to take a personal action as retaliation for a protected disclosure made by a complainant. Yeah, no, that's and the so, role and, of the the right, IG is right, to just, inspect anything internal. Right, so, well, my point is, I mean, I, I don't, I just didn't know uh, because they've, you know, did they go to Congress first? I don't know if these particular whistleblowers went to the IG first, and then and and then came to uh, uh, and then came to Congress, or whether they went to Congress. First. Well, the 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 process would be if not going to their supervisor first, then going to the IG first, not going to Congress. Oh no, you that would be exceptional. Yeah, you if go, they did that. You can go to Congress. I mean, the whistleblower with uh, uh, against Trump went directly to... And Adam we Schiff. talked about why yeah. that was out of line in the process. Right. Especially a CIA officer. At the CIA, they have different rules. Right. But but that's still a whistleblower. No, it is. But you went right. outside the process. Right. You're supposed to go to the IG. In that case, the intelligence community IG, uh, which is different than the... Uh, office over at the fbi the ig's office at the fbi that's we talked about that about a cia officer going straight to because here's the problem especially with the cia the nature of what they do and the information that they have and going to adam schiff's office and you're sharing it with adam schiff's staffers well they may not in fact likely don't have clearance and you're sharing information with them this is why you have a process where you go to the inspector general. I think in the case of the CIA, you have to involve the director and the IG. Right. Now, we don't know all of the claims <clears throat> on the FBI side. How many go directly at uh, Director Ray, for instance? You know, so we, you know, this is this is why it gets back to the point of the caller. It will be important eventually to learn, for the American people to learn yeah. who is responsible well, for this kind of behavior. And, and they're going to know who it is because mm-hmm. the complaint is, my boss did yeah. this, or yeah. my boss, well, yeah, who they, is your they boss? Have to name, and, yeah, and, they have to so, name them in the complaint. Right, yeah, right. yeah. So, eventually yeah. We'll, we'll learn. I don't know how long it will take, but eventually we will learn. Let's go to Dave in Roanoke, Virginia. Dave, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Yeah, good morning, guys. Um I've been wanting to call you guys about this for a while, and now I figured it was the perfect time with the uh, FBI whistleblower testimony going on today. Um, I was an agent in the Dallas division, actually, during the Obama years, and um, I was invited, along with other supervisors, to our supervisor's house for dinner one weekend. And so I'd never been to his house. We went to his house that weekend, and I got there by GPS or whatever, and I got there and I said, this cannot be my supervisor's house because the front yard was littered with Obama signs. 
And I said, this has got to be wrong because that's against everything the FBI teaches us. You can't be a political activist and be, you have to be neutral. But it turns out that his wife was working for the Obama campaign, and that justified the whole thing. And so I guess the point I'm trying to make is that if you wonder where all this bias comes from, like from McCabe and all these other people, mm-hmm. look look at what is going on, what's influencing their life. Oh, yeah. And this yeah. stuff is real oh, yeah. and it's going on. Well, we talked about Bruce Orr was a high-ranking official during the Russian hoax thing. And uh, thank you for that, Dave. But his wife, Nellie Orr, worked for Fusion GPS during the whole time that they were getting that bogus information on Trump, which turned out to not be true, you had a husband and wife team. Now, I will say this, and we talked about it the other day. Bruce Orr did say at one point, according uh, to the information found during the investigations, that he told others at the FBI, look, we can't verify this whole dossier thing. Uh, Not all of this has been verified. So uh, there was that. But his wife, Nellie Orr, was working at Fusion GPS. So, yeah, there seems to be a pattern of that kind of behavior. Uh, I would still, uh, if I'm, you know, in the FBI, I'd still say, no, we don't do that as well. You would, that would have to be an understanding in the household. Right. Look, we can't do that. Can't do that. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up, following the top of the hour, uh, Chicago's new mayor says Texas is wicked and unconscionable for sending border crossers to sanctuary cities. Well, then, don't you have to go to the source? One would think you would have to go to the source, correct? I would think so. You would go to the source and say, well, wait a minute. What's creating this? So if Texas is wicked, is Biden wicked by the uh, mayor of Chicago's um, Ooh, this would, be a, this would be a Brandon versus Brandon. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. You know, Brandon. I mean, Adams <laughs> has already, you know, kind of gone after the administration for at least reached out and said, hey, we need some help here. Well, he hasn't yet. I mean, he's blaming it's the old it's the old Lori Lightfoot. Let's mm-hmm. uh, let's blame Texas yeah. for the problem. Yeah, that Brandon, we're having. Brandon in Chicago hasn't done anything yet uh, in terms of going after. Well, maybe it's because he uh, doesn't want to doesn't want them to change their mind about the convention or Brandon doesn't want to go yet in mm-hmm. uh, in in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, let's go. Yeah, he's not ready to go. Not ready to go yet. Yeah, no. he just got there. Yeah. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.
It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Yes, we are. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Hello. Good morning. We're everywhere. Just download our Red Eye Radio app today. You can listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. You know, I want to play this audio. This came out yesterday, and this guy should just get uh, much more publicity because uh, he's he's great, and we have played him before, but not for a while. Mm. And this is Associated Press's Matt Lee, and he covers the State Department for Associated Press, but yeah. he asks such blunt questions. Yeah. Well, he wasn't as blunt yesterday. He was trying to... <laughs> <laughs> the, the, initially, the way he asked the question, then he got blunt later on. Uh, later on, but this is where he discovered yesterday, just yesterday, that the uh, emails of the State Department, all of a sudden, everybody is mandated to have their pronouns. And what he found out is the State Department is misgendering a ton of people, people that are male are being listed as female and it just i mean i watched this yesterday i just went wow but here's a little bit of the back and forth yesterday between the state department representative and associated press's matt lee your uh have you gotten any emails from any of your colleagues uh, in the last you know before you came out here obviously not while you've been at the podium but since about noon or so uh i i i, I why don't you get to your question okay. and then <laughs> have you have you What's your do you, question? Do you, do, you, do you have? Are you able to look at them right now? My email. Yeah. I'm not going to pull up my email. It's in the post. No, no, no. You don't need to yeah. show it to me. Yeah. I want to notice. I, I want to know if you've noticed anything different in the from line where it gives the sender. Matt, this would be a lot better if you would just All ask right, us I'll what your add, question I, was. Well, I mean, you, so you haven't noticed anything? No. Okay, so within the last hour and a half, two hours, the State Department's internal email system, and I've tested this, so okay. I know that it's true, has added pronouns to people's, uh, not their signature, but to their uh, front where, where, you know, where it says from. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it will say him, he, his, or her, you know, yeah. or she, hers. Um, <clears throat> why? Uh, this is not an optional thing. This is something that has been just ar arbitrarily imposed. And I you know, understand that people could have their pronouns attached if they wanted them to a signature before. But this is not something that anyone has a choice about. And so I'm just wondering why and who, who made this decision. Well, Matt, I um, have not seen this uh, phenomenon for myself. Okay, well, um, I have, uh, and I'll show it to you. And is it just, so let me, to ask you a question, is it just for uh, internal State Department uh, Obviously not, because out. I tested it. So when, I got an email from an email? someone in this building, and, 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 and whereas before it did not have any of these pronouns attached to the uh, sender's name, it now does. And I've also been told from other people that that, that many of them, or at least... Well, when you send it, does it does it have the... the I'll show it to you okay. in a second. Well, like what I will just if you say, don't know anything about this, then that, that's fine. Yeah. Can you look into it? I, I'd like I'm, to happy, know I'm happy to look into it. Why I this would just, not be an optional thing for people to do. But the problem is, is that a lot of them, or at least some of them so far, as far as I 
been able to tell, are wrong. <laughs> They're giving the wrong pronouns. I, again, so men not, are being identified as women and women as men, and this has nothing to do with whatever transgender or not any, seen, any, anything like that. What, uh, but it's ridiculous. This, this phenomenon has not made its way to my outlook, but I, I will, well, I'm happy to check I on this for you. Broadly though, Matt, broadly though, Matt, of course, uh, the ability, um, for I don't individuals have a problem to, with doing it, it and if people want to have their, okay. pro, their whatever pronoun on attached to it is fine, but it should be a choice, right? Not, not something that is the, 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 the state department imposes on Th people, thank especially you, if <laughs> thank you. We just want to mm -hmm. continue the discussion. <laughs> Well, you and I always wondered, when will it become mandatory? When will companies say it's mandatory to put your pronoun if you're, you know, on your email or, uh, you know, if you're representing the company that pronouns are required? No, I mean, because it, of that it, because this is it the, might the, be happening. I, I haven't heard yeah. it. That might be happening already. Yeah. Uh, and, but I think we're headed in that direction because yeah. that's that's the claim from uh, from Associated Press's Matt Lee is at the State Department, everyone has it. Yeah. And, and, and it's and, mandatory. And what he is saying, and for the people he's talked to, said, no, it's mandatory that we do it, and they're getting it wrong. Now, does does the State Department dictate what your gender is? Because if they've gotten so many wrong, as Associated Press's Matt Lee says, is does somebody else now... <laughs> When this is a huge liberal circular firing squad, does somebody else in the State Department determine your gender? No, I mean, look, uh, <laughs> your sex, your gender, it's and and I could see them just. Well, we're just going to sign something if you don't put something. <laughs> we're just going to because if you if you uh, if you listen to what Matt Lee is saying. That was the question in my mind. He said, well, they're, they're getting it wrong. Well, who's getting it wrong? Is the State Department just saying, all right, if you haven't assigned it yet, here's the deadline. We're just going to put something right. down. Right. If you <laughs> if you don't assign yourself a gender, we will. Yeah. So you better assign, because and if, if you don't, we may get it wrong. Oh, that would be the best ever. Well, I mean, and, that would be the best ever and, if that was the case, because that's a huge liberal circular firing squad there. And, and the thing is, too, is that, you know, of course, there are jokesters in, in every place of employment. Oh, yeah. we don't have any here. No. <laughs> and so, no, just, to, you I, know, I mean, if the company required me of me, then I would oblige and I would become hee haw. Mm hmm. And. Some guys just think it'll be funny to put she, her. Oh, yeah. And they're not yeah. transgender. Right. Look, man, I put she, her. Or Michael, ja or Michael Jackson fans. He, he. He, he. Because, uh, well, this actually, uh, I don't know if, my, if Matt Lee knows it. This started when Hillary was at the State Department. And she put her her pronouns were her time does that violate the hatch act i'm not sure if it does it might would she care if it did well everything no. for kareen jean pierre yeah is the hatch act yeah it's like <laughs> when you talk to, about the president no wouldn't it be great he's running again i can't talk about what the president thinks on anything because he's running again hatch act
I, I wonder if it'd be great if you found out later on she has no idea what the Hatch Act even is. <laughs> right, right. It's just they told her, if you don't understand the question, just simply say, say you can't answer because of the Hatch Act. Because yeah. it's already happened. When reporters go, that's not the Hatch Act. You can yeah. answer that question. No, I can't. It's the Hatch Act. No, uh, no, which no, made me wonder, right. does she even know what the Hatch Act is? Yeah, we respect the law around here. <laughs> has anyone seen hunter <laughs> but i mean I, that has to be coming next it's mandatory you must identify yeah. as a gender yeah because we know because that's the whole thing to force people to to celebrate and participate in their delusion yeah that's that's always been this you must admit what i am and if you don't ah if no, you no. don't address me well then, you're transphobic or whatever, and and uh, and uh, I, I'm allowed to get angry at you and uh, you know, scream have, in your face. They have non-binary, right? Yes. Non-gender. Non and non. <sighs> absolute delusion. No, absolute, I mean, absolute and, delusional. And, and how could you tell me I'm wrong for that? No, you can't. That's the thing. You can be because if you they make be. theirs up along the way, it, this is not mm. you know based in science. Clearly, it's based in someone's preference. And if I put that as my preference, how dare you say it's wrong? Yeah, I'm offended because I'm hee haw because I am. Um, I am. Uh, this is the basically the next life. I am of. Uh, oh, I can't think of the banjo player's name. <laughs> Oh, geez, the great, but I, I Roy say, Clark, Roy Clark, yes, yeah, Roy Clark, yeah. yeah. I'm the reincarnation of Roy Clark. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to put Har and Lee <laughs> like that. No, but here the thing is, is that remember <laughs> because one of the political one of the many political gaffes in 2020 mm-hmm. that Biden made on the trail. Was what? Answering the question, how many genders are there? If I make up my own, that doesn't already exist. Who are you to say? He never explained what they were, did he? He just said three. He didn't identify the three. And it's like, whoa, you can't say there's three. Dude. There's as many genders as you want. My gosh. We're not going to even have you at the parade. No, so I knew this was going to happen sooner or later. Uh, I, I'm amazed it didn't happen already. And uh, if it's true, what Matt Lee says that well, from what he gets, mm-hmm. it's mandatory. You must identify as a. Well, why? Yeah, right. That's transphobic. Right. Right. Why must? If I must, mm-hmm. that's transphobic because I don't wish to, and I don't fall into the normal genders that you wish to. You know, that you wish to put upon us. All right. You don't want to do it? Then we're going to misgender you. <laughs> oh, just a beautiful liberal circular firing squad. Just wonderful. Yeah, it's uh, it will be interesting to learn. See where that goes. You know, Matt Lee's not done. <laughs> he wants an answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I wonder how many other 
departments? How many other government we, departments? We did that story that said one of the worst things you can do if you're looking for a new job, because you see it on LinkedIn all the time, mm-hmm. is put pronouns there. Because mm-hmm. they look and they go, nope, sorry, woke, you're going to cause a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's just the reality of it. You know, that was a story that we read on the air saying, and don't, if- don't, don't do that. And I see it on, I see it on LinkedIn you know, almost all young people. Well, and if you put that there, but you don't really display, you know, on your profile or whatever, uh, or if you post your resumes, a lot of people put your resume, uh, put their resume on, on LinkedIn. But if you, if you put that on display, right, but that's all you put on display, a potential woke employer will look and say, well, they didn't do enough. They're not really woke. They just put their that there to try and get my attention, <laughs> right? You're not going to win. Right. The point is, you're not going to win. You never do. It's n- it's not a win. All these corporations that are making these choices, you would think that Target would have learned in the whole bathroom thing. And now, you know, I mean, they're they're putting out uh, all of the uh, LGBTQ clothing and apparel for children which is fine go ahead and do that but understand that people will make a decision based solely on that kind of move now it may not be the bud light debacle it may actually who knows with target it may increase their sales what was the, the new one the bathing suit one uh that was was that reebok was that adidas or Adidas. Yeah. It was a, a man, I have to go back. I'll have to go back and look. But, yeah, one of the uh, uh, sports apparel companies in their ad has a transgender male a, to Adi- female. Adidas. Adidas. Okay. Yeah. And has a, has a basic, has a man wearing a woman's one piece in the one picture. I, di- I didn't see any other pictures. There was uh, one or two pictures. And he's wearing a, a one piece and they're shutting out here. Here's a, here's a question because, the you know, the complaint is, well, you're shutting out women. Right now, keep in mind in Hollywood. Well, wait a minute. If you're not actually that, you shouldn't be portraying that. Right. Why isn't that? Why isn't that gender appropriation? Right. Sexual appropriation. Right. This is where the this is what's so fun about the liberal circular firing squad. Mm-hmm. All the arguments we're making aren't our arguments; they're liberal arguments that have been made, and then updated where people. Well, I didn't get a memo on that. Well, right. I don't agree with that. Right, and that's the whole thing of you know the the whole uh, uh, insane liberal transgender activist movement and their misogyny against women. You know, well, that's that's the whole the, it's, it, the whole fe- if I'm, because that's. You think about that's where the huge liberal circular firing squad is going on, where women are being shut out and men are dictating what the definition of a woman is. Well, here's the thing. I think now, uh, well, soon, very soon, gender reveal parties, you know, for couples that are about to have a child. I thought the same thing. It will be other people showing up to tell you. What the baby's gender is going to be? <laughs> well, there's no. There's a huge 
how dare you decide what the gender is? That's it. And right now, there's That's, a huge controversy so from on the then left. on, then it's like, okay, you don't decide. We're going to decide as a group. They're already <laughs> shutting the parents out. They don't want yeah. parents to have the authority. So you don't get to tell that. We'll tell that child. We'll tell you what the child is. You know, Disney is advocating uh, teaching sexualized content to fetuses. Right. Eight six six ninety red eye. Lines open for your calls. Eight six six ninety red eye on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley. So, uh, Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson says it's wicked and unconscionable for Texas to bust thousands of border crossers and illegal uh, immigrants to the sanctuary city. Huh. Well, uh, the question for the new mayor would be, uh, what does sanctuary city mean and how dare you? And let me ask this: Why is it? Can any can any liberal explain this to us? We would like an explanation. Why is it wicked and unconscionable for uh, the governors of whether it's Texas, whether it's Florida, to say, "Would you like to go to Chicago?" Yes. Yeah. Okay. Here is a ticket to go to Chicago. Where you wish to go. Why is that wicked and unconscionable, yet the policy of the federal government that is causing the mass migration is not wicked and unconscionable? Why is it not wicked and unconscionable for the the federal government to open up the border to allow these migrants into South Texas. Why right. is it only wicked and unconscionable for what the governor of Texas is doing? Can anybody explain that one? Can the can Mayor Johnson explain that one? Well, and also the left for years. You complain about the, you're a conservative. You complain about the southern border because you're a racist. You don't want people of other nations coming here. If you're for protecting the border, you're uh, you're a white nationalist. And you just don't want them here because you're racist. Right. Well, Mr. Mayor, are you racist? Yeah. Why aren't you welcoming these people from all over the world? Because remember, we're we're a melting pot. But he's trying to have this it both ways. This is how ways. the, the country he's, was built. He's trying to have it both ways. We're a welcoming city, but this is too much. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can't we don't have, have the sorry. money. You can't have it both ways. Uh-huh.
You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. So I found this on Twitter yesterday from WGRZ-TV in Buffalo, New York. Okay. And, and this is uh, concerning the, the migrants in New York City where the mayor said, we're going to send them to other counties, and the counties have said no. Well, these are specific counties, and this came out yesterday as Niagara, Wyoming, and Orleans County leaders issue emergency orders to prevent efforts to bus asylum seekers uh, from uh, in from New York City. Niagara County Sheriff, the Niagara County Sheriff, by the way, that's where I began my talk radio career. Niagara County is where Niagara Falls is. It's just north of Erie County, which is mm. where Buffalo is, mm-hmm. and the, the Buffalo suburbs, most of them in Erie County. Uh, Niagara County, just north of them, and includes Niagara Falls and and uh, and Lockport and Pendleton, New York. Uh, the Niagara County Sheriff warns of $2,000 fines per individual for any hotels which would seek to make arrangements to accept migrants from New York City. Wow. Now, I don't know what law allows him to do that. Yeah, that's I mean, my that first was, question. That was my first question. What law allows you? Is there a law that allows under, you to do that? Under what authority? Right. Uh, but then I, you know, trying to go through all the possibilities, the question would be, all right, do they, can they issue like a, an anticipated emergency ruling? Because if they've been led to believe that there's, they're going to be overwhelmed in that county then they they could act that would be that would be something where they could say okay what do we have within our power in order to prevent this okay. or work All right. against it you just got i just found it mm. they've issued state of emergency there you go okay yeah. western new york counties issue state of emergencies yeah. niagara county joined other new york counties that have issued state of emergencies uh anticipating an influx of migrants uh, seeking asylum. So mm-hmm. this is under <laughs> is this under New York COVID law? <laughs> I had to say, yeah, right. <laughs> you never know. Mm. Niagara County issued a state of emergency, saying it lacks the resources and housing needed to accommodate the growing number of immigrants pouring in from New York City. Yeah. Uh, New York City decided it would be a sanctuary city and welcome those who entered the country illegally. And now that this ill-conceived policy has produced the predictable results, it appears state and city officials are looking to upstate counties to bail them out, said Niagara County Legislative Majority Leader Randy Brandt to WGRZ-TV. The county issued a press release in which Brandt said, so it's not just the sheriff making it, this is now county officials. Now the county officials. The county issued a press release in which Brandt said, we are not without compassion, but we simply lack the resources to do it. Niagara County joined Western New York's Orleans, Genesee, Wyoming, Chautauqua, and Cattaraugus counties, 
which have declared an emergency over the potential influx of asylum seekers who have pushed New York City's emergency shelters to capacity. Various other counties around the state have done so as well. Uh, Chautauqua County Executive uh, uh, Paul Wendell uh, told the TV station previously that 80 people, mostly families from Columbia, uh, have been housed in Jamestown since uh, birthplace of Lucille Ball uh, since November uh, through social services agencies. As he's phrased it, there's a growing concern in New York State that these failed policies are now going to be borne by the rest of us and we're pushing back. Well, you look at it and all right, because uh, let's imagine that uh, New York City or, or uh, took these counties to court. There was a lawsuit. Well, these counties can easily uh, lay out for the court that the city of New York created this policy. They have that policy. So if they don't have the resources uh, to accommodate, then that's on them. We don't have this policy for a reason because we knew from the beginning we don't have the resources to accommodate. Right. Now, the question would be, all right, hmm. because it's going to be a fine based on New York City paying for the rooms, right? Did Is that what was the in, I, any I, rooms paid for by the city of New York? I guess that's how it would go, yes. Because, the you know, the resources don't stop there. Housing is not the only resource. Right. Okay, so here it is. Uh, Niagara County Sheriff said his office would enforce a $2,000 per immigrant per day fine for any hotel owner who enters into a contract with New York City yeah. or New York State. So both, oh, both New York City or New York State. Too. Okay. Um, Felicetti, Sheriff Felicetti said he is not aware of any local hotel operators actually accepting any contract offers from New York City, which he says he learned pledged to provide up to four months of lodging costs. That's what New York City has said they would do. Hmm. So the Niagara County Sheriff said this is really more of a preemptive move by the county legislature. So this came from the legislature, which realizes there could be costs for county taxpayers. Mm -hmm. We are not interested in turning hotel owners into criminals, but the emergency order is clear and we will enforce it. The Niagara County Legislature Declaration says the county strives to be a welcoming community and recognizes the contributions of lawful migrants to the county's uh, 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 development, he said. But unrestricted, unlawful migration poses a grave risk to the social health and emergency services resources of the county. By the way, I'm, I'm taking back to my beginnings of talk radio by talking about the Niagara County Legislature because when I... I, I was going to say, you were just, uh, you know, rambling off those, the names of those counties, you know, yeah. like, like you're fluent in the names <laughs> well, of those counties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, but it's like a, it brought me back to my original days of when I didn't want to be a talk show host. And uh, the owner of, uh, at the time of WJJL in Niagara Falls, couldn't find a talk show host. And mm. this was in the late 80s as we're, you know, we were transitioning. Everybody was trying to figure out how to transition from news to talk i remember that um in uh, in buffalo wben where i worked also at mm. uh, at wben radio 
for three years in the mid-90s, I remember they took Rush, but only one hour. Hmm. And I remember when Rush was offered, uh, you know, to radio stations and when he first syndicated, and I went, you know, I went to my owner and said, come on, we got to get this guy because if we don't get him, the other station will get him. be a great coup. Uh, We probably would have lost him to a bigger station, Hmm. but it's like, let's, and she just wouldn't do it. And she just goes, I don't know if we can do this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm like, he's not that radical. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because yeah. there's, and there was such a, there was a, a buzz at that point. Yeah. And so yeah. uh, we, uh, she, uh, she wouldn't do it. But WBEN only had him on for an hour. Mm. And he had a three hour show. And he was on out, an hour for a while. They were afraid, you know, what would the reaction be? And the instant, re- the initial reaction. Now, again, it wasn't, Maybe the listener, but the initial reaction of leftist groups was, you know, insanity. Yeah. At that point. And uh, my my owner didn't want anything of it. But then it would have been a year later because that would have been 88 when he was syndicated a year later where she made me a talk show host. I didn't make me a talk show host. I had no interest in doing it. None. Zero. Mm. I hated it for Mm. probably three or four years. Mm hmm. And then when I started, people started offering me more money to do that. Then it sort of became, well, maybe this could be a, you know, do I really want to be 40 years old and saying, here's the latest Madonna hit. I don't think I sounded like that, but I wanted to sound like a music DJ. Well, not only that, but you're likely, if you stay long enough, to end up on the morning show. Where not only do you have to play the music, you got to talk about Madonna for 20, 30 minutes at a time or when guess, she's in the news. I guess it'd be Lady Gaga now or more. Well n- well no. I mean it depends on what surgery Madonna has today. <laughs> Did you see the Muppet on the awards show? <laughs> it was cool to see the Muppets again. No, that was Madonna. I, what? That meme was out there. Uh but uh so the um you know, so Niagara County has said no, we're just not going to uh you know, we're not going to uh, to do it. And the Niagara County Social Services Commissioner said, I can simply cannot fathom how we could possibly address such a large influx of individuals in need of shelter when we know for a fact that our partner agencies lack the capacity to address our current homeless population. Yeah. And and so these counties have just said no. Well, and, and because if you look at the uh, uh, county legislators here, they're also looking beyond the whole four-month thing. Anybody believe that it's only going to be four months? Well, here's the other thing, too. I mean, it's when you look at it, and I understand why Niagara County put the fine. The other counties may have not, but those other counties are very rural. Mm-hmm. You know, so you don't have the number of hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. Niagara Falls, it's a tourist city. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they went, whoa, 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 you're talking about we're going into summer, and you're going to fill all of our hotel rooms? Quite possibly, right? You know, at, you know this is, I mean, if you think about it, uh, next weekend would be our uh, coming up uh, the uh, yeah Memorial Day weekend. It starts right now. This is, you know, this is the, and the bookings. Yeah. Well, there's the question, too. Um, how long does the state or city believe they can because they say four months, but then what you allocate more money later, or 
You just end it, and all of a sudden, everybody's on the street. Well, wait a minute. Tourism Niagara Falls. <laughs> Remember, if, if uh, anybody's paying attention to the uh, the PGA Championship at mm-hmm. Oak Hill in Rochester, mm-hmm. I mean, it was they had frost yesterday, and it was, that was like people had warned the PGA. No, you really don't. I made the mistake. I remember one time where I got, I had two weeks vacation. I would take one in July and one at Christmas. And so then I got another week and I said, oh, I'll take one in May. I can split it up. And I went back to Buffalo in May, tried to play golf. It was in the 40s. It was, you know, it's like you never know what you're going to get in May. Uh, And so really it'll start next week. Mm -hmm. Tour season starts really after Memorial Day. People from all over the world will come to Niagara Falls. And so you've got four months. All right. So June, July, August, September. That's the tour season. Yeah. Lock it in for the entire tour season. And and take them out of New York City. Yeah. And so I understand when Niagara County uh, did that. And so the other counties may have not put the fines in yet, but they don't have the hotel room space. It just doesn't exist. Right. In Niagara Falls, you probably right. could find a couple of thousand hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. So hmm. it's going to be interesting. Now, Erie County hasn't said anything. Erie County is where Buffalo is, right. even though Erie County legislature, uh, you know, is Erie County itself may be the suburbs are more conservative. I don't know. I haven't seen a reaction of Erie County yet. Mm. But yeah. Wow. Wow. Crazy. Yep. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Really interesting how this whole thing at the border has gone from what's going on at the border to what's going on Mm. in New York, what's going on in Chicago, what's going on. You saw uh, that uh, Abbott now is uh, apparently planning on sending, uh, you know, more migrants who are willing to go to different cities like Denver. Yeah. Like that happened again apparently yesterday. Mm -hmm. And so that's what you know, they're going to continue to do in the federal government. The other thing we need to realize too is the federal government is still sending people all over the country too. Right. And so you think it works for uh, Brandon Johnson in Chicago to, to say, Oh, it's Texas, Texas. It's all their fault. It's our governor's fault. Does anybody really buy that? I, I, I wonder how far it resonates locally. Yeah. Because everybody knows it's the Biden administration's policy which is causing this. Right. And, you know, it, it's it's the only thing he can do. It's the only thing he can say. But I don't think it goes anywhere. I don't think it goes far. You know, and ultimately, look, because on the news you're seeing, you know, uh, everything that's going on on the border. Everybody's well aware of it all over the nation. So when buses show up in your town, nobody's shocked about it. They know the border is being overrun. This is a Biden problem, not just a Texas or Florida or Arizona problem.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America, around the entire world, we are Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley. All right, so I'm looking here. Yeah. DeSantis next week. Yeah. Um, you've uh, uh, got uh, DeSantis next week. You have very close Senator Tim Scott going mm-hmm. to announce. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Pence. DeSantis Scott. That's a nice ring to it. Might be a possibility. Uh, CBS News has learned that North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum is nearing his decision mm. to launch okay. for the Republicans. Yeah. So. I just, I would just love to be you know, in in their meetings as they're deciding, you know, why are you going to run? You know, what can you offer? You know, what can you offer? What is your what is your spin going to be? And I'm not saying that in a negative that's not a negative connotation by using the word spin. Right. But it's, you know, what are the arguments that you're going to use that's going to set you apart from a Trump or a DeSantis? Because that's really the question, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. What sets you apart that makes Republicans right now that are very, very concerned about winning? Yeah. Do you have a... you know, if you if you come out with like a, a three or four or five point agenda, these are the items I really want to tackle. Now, the issues are going to be the same. If they're conservative, they're going to share the issues with the top candidates. But, for example, we go back to what was momentarily it it caught fire uh, in a good way. Uh, the Herman Cain 999 plan and. Now, we picked it apart because, all right, everybody, all, through all the questions, it was like, okay, but you, you can't, there can't be two ways of taxing and, and the whole thing. We like the idea, but in, in, in terms of how you would implement that. Right. We, we were severely criticized for going after him on it, but we have said no. No Republican should, should ever offer another path to taxation while keeping the old one. Exactly. You have no. to end one. Right. In order to start the yep. new one, they cannot overlap at all. Uh, and, you know, but it it brought conversation, you know, and yeah. it needed work. But, I mean, it was, again, the, that was the kind of thing that would stand out. Um, well, with Trump in 2016, he it was about the border. You know, it was – and, you know, the issue of the border had – well, There's nothing new. The border, but, the border, and the economy. Yes, and bring back the economy. Right. Um, which, if you think about it, I mean, 
the timing on both, the economy is, is not a new issue and the border was not a new issue. But after eight years of Obama and the economy just kind of trolling along the bottom and with the whole uh, recession of 2009, that really just kind of had us after that recession, again, not seeing the growth that we had the potential to see because of so much government uh, regulation. Um, you know, that was, again, that was something that was going to uh, certainly catch people's minds. But, I, I mean, I don't know. Beyond DeSantis and Trump, I mean, that's going to be where the media focus is. You're really going to have to stand out if you well, if you want to make some noise. I, I think I think there's, an, you know, in, in politics, there are times when, you know, the the uh, strong but steady leadership, you know, the the, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, leading through, uh, well, I guess, talk softly, but carry a big stick, which has actually been used. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before works. Mm-hmm. There are other times that it doesn't. In politics, I don't believe I could be wrong. Excuse me, I could be uh, because you don't know until an election is over. Mm-hmm. But this seems to be, to me, when you look at Trump, there's excitement. Yeah. When you look at DeSantis, there's excitement. You know why Trump is running. You know why DeSantis is running. As to what they, you know, say that they will bring. You look at Mike Pence, even though he has been more vocal lately, I can't tell you, I cannot tell you why I would rather vote for Mike Pence. Right. And now, now, the left will tell me why I should vote for Mike Mike Pence, but but I, uh, Senator Tim Scott, I cannot tell you why at this time in history I would vote for him to be president of the United States when you have a Trump or DeSantis, and you look at the Republican Party in the context of being the Republican Party. Now I see him as a future vice president and maybe a president. I'm just saying right now, no, the time is different right now. It could change by next year. You know, let's say, hypothetically, let's say uh, Trump is indicted a couple more times and he decides he's not going to run. There's an opening then at that point. No, it blows the whole thing wide open, I think. it, It blows everything completely wide open. And so at that point, knowing if he was campaigning, Tim Scott or a Pence, People might say, "Okay, that's the the person." Okay. I, st- I still don't. Th- I still don't think so. If if they were going up against DeSantis, I think DeSantis is just. I think he's too strong. It's interesting you say that because I don't remember what I read on Pence the other day. Uh, I think it was something on his. You know the 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 campaign kind of shaping together things are, are you know looking more and more like he will announce you know at some point and then i'm thinking okay is the play uh you know the tortoise and the hare 
that you look for that you know going in really your only opening is if Trump at some point decides to bow out and is no longer running and you believe at that point you've got a much because you do you've got a much better shot going up against a DeSantis in that way uh it, you know because it's just at that point then you become of course you become the target because well you were part of the Trump administration and that's the way mm-hmm. you know the 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 uh narrative will be shaped from any opposition uh within the party or or outside the party but that's I, I I was thinking of it. I thought, okay, do you do you look to say, you know, we'll we'll kind of cruise this way? If you think about the way the two thousand eight GOP primary shaped up, that John McCain was not hardcore conservative, but he kind of cruised his way through. Now name recognition, but. He kind of cruised his way through, and then there was the fallout of, you know, everybody else, and then all of a sudden he's the nominee running against Obama. Mitt Romney, in the same way, in 2012, I mean, again, one of the uh, – we had a conversation with the late Andrew Breitbart just weeks before he passed about – and we asked him him the question, why should conservatives like us vote for – someone you know in the center like a Mitt Romney and he his answer was well SCOTUS and and so he ended up being the nominee uh in 2012 look uh we pointed out how on the issues Trump is mainstream yeah you know you could consider him moderate on the issues yeah there's nothing radical about him on the issues at so, all. So so there's already that and and the question would be all right but without Trump again just imagining for the for the moment that if if Trump decides not to run at some point for whatever reason he just decides not to run and he steps down then the whole the the cult of personality aspect of it takes a whole different shape. Mhm. And, and by the way, I know, uh, I, I believe in, in our analysis, for example, Pence could be a great president. Maybe. Tim Scott could be a great president. Mm-hmm. That's not the point we're making. And we're right. not making the point, you know, that, that uh, for example, that a DeSantis would be more conservative than a Mike Pence. That would still to be still to be seen mm-hmm. uh, on it. But his record in Florida so far, you'd look at the majority of it and go, no, that's that's really... That's really, really good. Uh, when you look at, um, you know, I look looking at all the candidates, Ramaswamy, for example, brings a lot of excitement because he's talking ideology. Uh, I sort of, I sort of view him, I sort of view Ramaswamy, and this is unfair to do because it's not because he's not the same at all uh, as him. But I view Ramaswamy as sort of like a Ron Paul. Very, yeah. very ideological and promoting that. Yeah. And you love listening to him talk, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he's not going to. Definitely any, has a future. Definitely has a future. Now, it's different because Ron Paul was older at the time yeah. Than, yeah. than Ramaswamy. But I just I view him just from the lens of he is somebody out there who isn't the ma- a major candidate, 
may not be a major candidate for a while, may not want to stay in politics for a while, but I view him as the same as a Ron Paul, who Ron Paul was very ideological in his libertarianism that he promoted Mm -hmm. and had an extremely loyal cult audience, even if they didn't understand what Ron Paul was about. And we go back, that was the whole point on trade where... This went on for a couple of years. It really did. It was amazing because yeah. people would sit there and go, I want to vote for Ron Paul. Why? Because he doesn't believe in free trade. He get rid of NAFTA. And we went, wow, yeah. you have no idea what Ron Paul's position is. These people would argue with us. I mean, yeah. this went on yeah. for years right? where people would say, no, no, no. Ron Paul doesn't want any type of trade agreement. Ron Paul believes if you have a company in Illinois... You should be able to do business with whomever you want. Unregulated free trade. Unregulated free trade. And it was amazing the number of people that supported Ron Paul that, didn't that know. thought it was a complete opposite. And not it was just, on his website. You right. can see it. Not for and we had to direct people go go and look. And then they were angry at us. Right. Well, I didn't know that before. Well, don't be angry at us. We're just simply telling we're just right. simply telling you where he stands. And man, we got just we got destroyed for that from Ron Paul people yeah. until they finally realized, oh, you guys are right. It's like, no, we decided to make up this big lie about Ron Paul, right? You know, just to tick <laughs> like you off. Like we're not going to get caught on it immediately, yeah. Right. right? Yeah, we're not. Yeah. We're not Democrats. <laughs> yeah, we don't do that. Well, you know what's but, interesting? You know, because you you talk about you mentioned <clears throat> Mike Pence. You know, might be uh, a could make a good president. Might make it. You know, we we. As conservatives, we say, look, we want you there and we want you to um, adhere to you, your conservative values, George W. Bush, um, and, you know, not abandon them, especially in a time uh, of 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 uh, crisis, emergency, George W. Bush. Those are the times when you adhere to those values. And it's in part why you have those values, because because they work best in every situation. But you think about a a, uh, a Governor DeSantis. All right, built a consensus in a state. Not easy to do like in in a state like Florida, but it is easier than building a national consensus. So you know, and we've talked about this before. There will be missteps. Uh, we go back to uh, well, Mitt Romney. He brought uh, Paul Ryan in. For conservative street cred at the time. That's how, I mean, that's how things can change. And then all of a sudden, you know, fast forward years later, Paul Ryan is Speaker of the House and conservatives are going. So, you know, with that, there, the, the judgment is ever evolving. The measure, the measuring stick is also evolving. Right. Well, but, but the thing is, is that in the campaign, I mean, it will it will change things dramatically if at some point Trump decides he's no longer going to run. Yeah, it would change dramatically. And but looking at the other candidate, for example, Nikki Haley, I mean, she's just running a bad campaign. I mean, it's not it's she's it's she's tripping herself up right unnecessarily or 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 demonstrating more and more what the concerns that people have had with her. Yeah, and so I, I look. I mean, I'm not surprised by it because I didn't know where she was going to head. I will say this: the one thing we can we congratulate her on is her, uh, you know, uh, her announcement was the way you run an announcement. 
Yeah. There are a yeah. ton of people yeah. there, and they were excited and cheering mm-hmm. and everything else. But the next question is, okay, what do you bring to the table in this you know, particular election? So then you've got CBS News learning that North Dakota Governor uh, Doug Burgum is nearing a decision to launch, they call a dark horse bid for the White House. That's because he has no name recognition at all. Mm-hmm. None. Mm-hmm. Yeah. None. Ramaswamy has a lot more ra- name recognition with uh, with uh, Republicans. So I what I find fascinating about this is you have two extremely strong candidates for the Republicans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Trump and you've got DeSantis. And Trump has still probably... Uh, Anywhere between 40 and 60 percent very loyal Republicans behind him. And I say 40 to 60 because there are people that are very loyal to him that if he's a choice would vote for him. But DeSantis is an option for them. Yeah. In the primary. Right. Is still an option that's sitting out there. Uh, The rest, as we know, it just isn't uh, it. You know, it just isn't there. I saw the New Hampshire. I think Sununu in New Hampshire is at 17 percent. It's like, OK, 17 percent. Right. And, you know, you're Sununu in New Hampshire. And that's all you're pulling. Well, uh, again, you know, I. It's going to be fascinating because I'm really interested that after DeSantis runs, how he is going to go after Trump. Yeah. How is he going yeah. to go after him now? Uh, it was reported yesterday that he told donors that there's only three viable candidates, and um, and uh, or, and those candidates are Trump, Biden, and me, uh, and only two of those candidates can win, Biden and me. Trump can't win, and so that's the message that he put out to donors, mm. which donors want to, which that is that is probably his correct message to the donors because. The donors, yeah, are saying, Ron DeSantis, right? That, that's what you say, right? That's what you say. That yeah. that's what you, as being someone who currently is the underdog mm. in the primary, that's the only thing that you can say is he can't win against Biden. I can. Mm. Don't waste your money, right? But how will he attack him? Oh, and it's going to happen. And and by the time we get now, Trump may not participate in the pri- in the, the primary debates. Yeah. And and if that happens, expect most of the candidates to say he's afraid. If you're if you're Ron, well, I, I would say if you're any any of the other candidates, you, you have to say, that. right, he's afraid to debate. Yep. He, he he knows he's not strong on the issues. He knows it now. But the the other problem for the primaries and I don't know, they haven't decided on a, where the second who's going to do the second primary have right. mm-hmm. debate. Right. Because the problem is you saw it on CNN. If there's anybody from the major networks, if you don't have and the rules aren't set down that we wish to talk the issues and not and not January 6th and stolen elections, uh, then every single debate will turn into a stolen election debate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
The Bonus Show. Friday Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley. So yesterday, uh, Republican Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said he is only one of three credible options Hmm. in contention for the White House in 2024. He said that former President Trump's chances of winning were not great, according to a report in the New York Times. All right. He says... He said, quote, you have basically three people at this point that are credible in this whole thing. DeSantis reportedly told donors on a call organized by Never Back Down, the super PAC supporting him, Biden, Trump, and me. Hmm. And I think of those three to have a chance of getting elected president, Biden and me, based on all the data in the swing states which is not great for the former president and probably insurmountable because people aren't going to change their view of him, end of quote, he said. Now, um, when you look at it, we've stated that that is the challenge that Trump would have. Can Trump get more votes than he got in 2020? Can he expand his base? Will independence Will independents and Democrats cross the line uh, uh, for him to the point where he could beat Biden or whoever the Democratic candidate is? Can he get more votes? And when, you know, you've had, uh, I forgot who pointed uh, it out um, a couple of weeks ago by saying the majority of people voting in the election will not be Republican, which is always true. Right. Can he win if the majority is not? And that's a great question. It's a yeah. great question. Uh, you know, we um, you look and say, uh, you know, can he win the primary? Yeah. Big question is, can he win the general election? And uh, when we see, and you saw it on CNN, he didn't try to say, look, I'm not going to talk about, you know, January 6th. We've moved on from that point. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the things that I did and what they're not doing and why you should vote for me because here's the things that I believe. Nope, he went right into it. He wants to argue and he wants to debate 2020 over again. Mm -hmm. That's a problem because the American public doesn't want to hear that. Republicans might. Trump supporters might. I was going to say, this is what the only thing you're doing there is... Playing to your very loyal base. Right. They're already there with you. And the idea, especially if you're going on CNN, is to reach out and bring people in. Mm -hmm. You've got to convince people, start convincing people at this point, that you are the option and that Joe Biden is no option. And... You know, those are the things that are required. It's it is a very easy, simple equation. You need to convince a great number of people in the center and even a few Democrats. If not the entire center. To come your way now, the. uh 
The difference in this is the fact that Biden could completely evaporate in that time. That's the wild card. Is is by that's actually the great unknown. Well, based Trump, on the way Trump, it's going, right? Trump, <laughs> Trump isn't Trump to me is not in the general election. I mean, or even in the primary. There's nothing. There's he has faced so much that the accusations itself mean nothing anymore. As, and, right. and and when you look at it, for example, with with Durham's report, you realize independents, Democrats will never accept it. But independents realized Donald Trump was set up by the Hillary campaign. All the dirty tricks, uh, all the uh, all the accusations that he was a uh, that Trump was a traitor. All that was a lie created by the Hillary campaign and continued by the Democratic Party. So uh, I don't believe the the impeachments don't matter. The the uh, that accusation doesn't matter. Indictments down the road could matter. Yeah, the the current right. indictment in New right. York. Not so much. Right, uh, not that one. No, that but, had no effect. But the other ones, you're right. Uh, okay. And uh, we, we'll see where they go right. um, and, and what they have. But um, look, in, in terms of talking about the election, and the Durham report spells it out, and you hit on something, you may not convince many Democrats of that, but in the center the Durham report is really what he needed on that issue, on talking about rigged elections. Mm-hmm. It kicked the door open and demonstrated if you had any questions. For those of us who have been following along, you know about the Russian hoax. You know you've been following, too. And that's one thing you likely don't need to be convinced of. But even I would say with with some of them, maybe you needed to be reminded of it in a package like a report, 305 pages, as the media, uh, especially the critical thinkers in the media, and there are a few, go through it and dissect it. It demonstrates very clearly how that all went down. Then you add to it. The whole laptop thing and how that was handled with the FBI and social media um, and shutting the media, uh, the New York Post story down. The New York Post was breaking that story and had that exclusive. And, of course, they had to be banned from social media. You couple all that together and he can sit and talk all day about how the election is rigged. And people will li- people in the center will listen. No, I, I I don't agree with that. Oh, I think so. I I don't. I I think that I think people are settled whether they would vote for Trump or not, and I don't think that's going to change. Well, no, I'm not saying though right. they would vote for him. Right. I, I I'm saying that he can he can talk about it and have people listen be- that wouldn't probably right. have listened before the report. Yeah. My point is, will it make a difference in the election? It might in the primary. Well, well, might in the primary. It, I don't believe it will in the general. Well, the question is, does it do the damage? And this is what we were getting at: is that before, if you didn't have it spelled out in that report, I think there are a number of people that it, were just getting tired, and they still may be tired of hearing the election is rigged. But they're also saying to themselves, "Well, he's not wrong." But there's a difference. 
He's not saying rigged. He was saying fraud again. He's basically saying the fraud and the stolen election. Well, he did if you use say rigged. if you say stolen, if right. you say that, and that's fraud. Right, fraud is one you could split. Fraud is one you could split because it it could be you know you could you can put fraud out there as the umbrella. There comes a point when people wish to look to the future because I do think it's fraudulent in nature for the FBI to be going to social media and saying, "Hey, we've got this." Intel that's going to be coming out, and yeah, we need you to control but, that. But that's not election fraud. No, no, it's not. Right. But people, I'm talking about the populist mentality of, oh, of know, people, how they think. Yeah, I know. And I could see them saying, well, yeah, that's fraudulent. You shouldn't do that. I think that tends to make people that support Trump even more loyal to him, which can help in the primary. I don't see that helping you know, helping in the general. I just, I just, I, I don't, I think, I, I think, I think, I think it changes it to the extent that I, he's not going to be dismissed for that particular topic. Again, we all observe things differently. I think, but when I look at it, just if I observe it, the, the entire, the entirety of it all, uh, I, I think that his response, and this is not got nothing to do with the Democrats accusations that were wrong, that it was an insurrection or anything like that, but I believe his first response that day, that first statement that came out, doomed him. At that point, no. When into, you bring at, January sixth into at, it, it at, does change at, it. If you're going to sit and engage on January sixth, right. no doubt. His first statement there, I think, was when independents made their decision. Well, there was point. a reason he made a second statement. Exactly right. And and so, if you engage in that, then the question is: All right, how much weight do you put in that one day? For people in the center, which okay, is what's required. I'm, I'm not saying that that's the entirety of it. I'm mm-hmm. saying that was where they said, okay, enough is enough. Yeah, no, we're not talking about, you know, the, the entirety of anything. But the question right. is, what works in his favor, what doesn't work in his favor if he stays in and, the entire And election? again, you can look at it because we all focus on different things and different happenings there. Mm-hmm. That's just in my, in, in my uh, uh, impressions were that was when I saw independents go, I just can't vote for the guy. Right. You know, after that first statement came out, well, even though, even though because, the second statement was the correct statement to make, the fact that he had to make two statements on that, I still hear from independents today on that. People that, are, you know, say, oh, I'm an independent. I just couldn't do it because of that mm-hmm. first statement. I go, mm-hmm. well, you know, he corrected the second statement. He goes, the fact that it took two statements for him, you know, to say that, it, you know, correctly, he goes, is a problem with me. That was the final straw. Well, as we were talking about the other day, the night that the report came out, the report changes the tone of everything because it puts everything in a neat little package and the conversation changes now the question is do you live in that you know do does that stay in your mind you know and it varies from voter to voter mm-hmm. does that stay in your mind also <laughs> because of his willingness to engage the media would take that and say all right look we can't you got to stay away from the russian hoax thing Focus on January 6th, which is something they were going to do anyway. So in any debate setting or any interview setting or any back and forth on social media, it's going to be all about January 6th. So if he engages on January 6th, that's not going to favor him at all. January 6th is is the spoiler. That is what right. is going to definitely change things if he engages. And there's no doubt. I don't have any doubt that he would. Now, stating that, 
there's even a bigger wild card for Biden because Democrats have basically, you know, put up the thing that, well, nothing touches Biden at all in the whole Mm -hmm. uh, the whole influence peddling. Right. If in the next year they have that flow chart that shows the money got to Biden Mm -hmm. at that point. And even if not, the fact that we now know in sworn testimony that he knew about all of it and the goal was to enrich his family, that to me is more damaging than, and this is to me, it may not be to other people, that to me is more damaging than anything Trump has ever done by a long margin. Well, you couple that with the the border effect, and it's happening in big blue cities now, and they see it. Inflation. Look, they're seeing all of this, and yeah, they're having to, everybody's having trouble making ends meet. Things are getting much more expensive, you know, by the second. And then, it, and, and crime is on the rise. I mean, that throws it up into toss-up territory it, mm-hmm. at the, from, from this view here in May of 23. <laughs> because we don't know how bad right. it will be. May the 19th at 3.48 a.m. Central. <laughs> by the time you get, I don't know how bad it will be Monday. But it's going to be fascinating. I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see how all these candidates now, because once DeSantis announces, and and that means in the next month, you're going to have if Pence is in, Pence is in, and then Tim Scott is in, Mm -hmm. and if the governor of North Dakota decides to go in, somebody's going to start attacking Trump. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not going to be the softball kind of attacks we've seen so far or just the ignoring. You have to, in politics, go after the, the, the person who's got the big lead you have to and, and it will be fascinating and quite to see. often the people that are lower in the rankings in the polls make the bigger attacks to gain the right noise Wait, and, to gain and, the attention and that we said that's a problem nikki haley has will she attack trump mm-hmm. she because she's not offering anything new right so how are you going to differentiate between trump and that's what you have to do uh and and let's say all are going to fight between themselves and leave trump out of it right 86690 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric. I'm Gary. Yeah, so it would be interesting to see what happens next week. And again, it's pure speculation. On I'll say it on my part. You, <laughs> uh, as to you know what might happen and what the strengths and weaknesses. I still think we're pretty close on what the strength and weaknesses and possible you know strategy w- would be, and also the uh, the the bumps that each candidate actually has. The fundraising and, after DeSantis announces will tell a story. Yeah. Yeah. And by the time we get to that first debate in August, that picture is going to be shaping up with the money flow. And I really wonder, what I really wonder is what the tone of DeSantis will be. Because Trump is unlike any other candidate yeah. to go up against. Right.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? Can <laughs> you pay me more? Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Do we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.